Hey, Vita. Hey, Tapia. How are you this morning? It's a wait. Uh, no, it's a Monday. I'm sorry. You said this morning, right? I did. It's <laughs> not morning. Wow. Look at how uh, I've been treating you. It's 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 a Monday. Yeah. Def- yeah. And we can we can tell. <laughs> no, it's a it's actually been going okay. You know, Janal, Janal. It's okay, Janal. but (laughs) so because it is monday that means that today has been dubbed by us the tv show podcast as movement monday applause applause cheer 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 for the applause applause right hey disclaimer we are going to talk about something sensitive and I know during the holidays, people are already going through so much, especially mm-hmm. this year. So, yeah, heads up. Heads up, for sure, disclaimer. And we are talking about this because the holidays are rolling around. And, you know, although it is a time of great joy and cheer, I don't know if y'all are aware, but during the holidays, suicide rates tend to go up. Yeah. Yeah, like exponentially. So... We are going to be talking about mental health today. Yes, yes, yes. And because it is Movement Monday and we talk about movement, in regards to mental health, there is a movement that was established in 2010, and it is called hashtag MHM2010, which either can be Mental Health Month 2010 or Mental Health Movement 2010. It's simultaneous. It goes either way, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, apparently the month of May is Mental Health Month. (laughs) May is a great month, though. May is a great month. I was not aware of this, unfortunately. I did not know that May was Mental Health Month, Awareness Month. I was not aware of that, which is... Uh, Yeah, it like spiked my interest even more as to why I wasn't aware of it. Now, as somebody who does not go on social media a lot, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, like I go on there enough to where I know what the Me Too movement is, Black Lives Matter. Like there's so other there's so many other movements that I am aware of, even though I'm not on social media too much, that I was so curious as to why this particular movement I was just so unaware of so I started doing obviously research and it was really interesting I'm going to talk about first what I found when researching the specific hashtag MHM2010 now when I put that in Google only three pages came up without you know I don't know some people know this but Google will omit similar or repeated searches Mm-hmm. So with those searches omitted, only three pages came up with that specific hashtag. That's not that much. It's not that much at all. At all. So I went ahead and I said, okay, well, let me go ahead and include those omitted search results. And four more pages popped up. So in total, seven pages in regards to the specific hashtag MHM2010, which kind of threw me. I was just like, wow, that's really, really interesting. I mean... When we were researching Me Too, Save the Children, I mean, boundless amounts of news reports, you know, different blogs, all these things came up, organizations, a whole bunch of shit came up. And I was wondering why nothing really came up with this specific hashtag, if it was supposed to be the hashtag for mental health, the official hashtag for mental health, right? Yeah, you would you would think uh, there's like a just you know just a tad more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a tad, just a tad more. So I went ahead and I said, okay, well let me try a different search. So I went ahead and put in the search MHM 2020, and over 25 pages came up. Now I will say a lot of those pages were Facebook posts. Twitter posts, Instagram posts, and blog pages, which I try to stay away from those things because they're really opinion-based, and I really like to see just news reports where it's officially reported. 
-hmm. or like different organizations that may come up or things like that. The only blog that I really did go with was was psychcentral.com and it was a blog that was done by a psychiatrist he's a doctor he has a PhD everything so I was like okay well it's his field I trust it right I trust that he'll not be too opinion based because it is his field he has a better insight on what is going on with it yeah yeah so that's the only blog that I really looked towards and even then I didn't really try to delve too deep into it Um, even though I know it is a doctor but when it comes to these movements and about raising awareness I like to see I mean it's about raising awareness so it's about how many people are aware what information is out there and who is reporting this information and I like to look at news reports because those are usually local or national news so it's things that people can go to themselves and get information from on like a national, quote unquote, national or local basis for their area. So that's that's why I really go to news reports because it's kind of like the official reporting, mm-hmm. official reporting. So that threw me and I was really disappointed in that there weren't too many hashtags that I had to put the year 2020 for there to be any kind of results, which made me obviously look deeper into it. And then I found that it wasn't until I want to say past four or five years where people really started taking mental health seriously but it wasn't until this year until the year 2020 where people really started focusing on mental health and it was because of the COVID situation because of the situation that we're in now and people started to actually physically see people's mental health deteriorate and that's when they realized holy shit this is a problem because COVID shut everything down Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything down so people who had weekly meetings with their psychiatrists psychologists all those people like stopped done with yeah you could call them yeah you can email them it's not the same right so they started seeing people's mental health deteriorate because of that and that's when they realized that it is an actual problem and it's really interesting because Antonio Gutierrez, he's the Secretary General of the UN, the United Nations, since 2017. He actually stated that mental health services are an essential part of all government responses in regards to COVID. So he says that all governments should come together and stand with those suffering with mental health during this pandemic. And you know, he said that on a public basis, he said that we need to really rally together and really help these people bring services to them so that they are not in the spot where their mental health is rapidly deteriorating because a lot of people's were, right? Yeah, you you had to check in on people a little bit more and the communication was sometimes difficult, especially if someone didn't want to take the time to navigate talking online, whether it be video chat or whatever the case is. And then there was also times where someone was willing to put the time, but they don't have the knowledge to understand like, oh, you have to connect to the Wi-Fi and here's the password and all that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, as somebody that has been diagnosed with major depression, the thought of having to on those days where you just don't want to get out of bed, you just don't want to do anything. The thought of having to pick up your phone and make a phone call and listen to the dial tone, listen to the ringing, and, like, wait for somebody to pick up. Like, that just sounds like hell. Like, it sounds awful. Like, why the fuck would I want to do that? Why would I want to go on my computer and email back and forth with somebody when I'm at one of my low points, right? It doesn't make any sense, so. Those tweets that are like, sorry, I didn't get back to you. is because, you know, I really couldn't message back. That's kind of why people are tweeting that. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's really cool that social media has definitely been a pioneer in keeping people in touch easier because social media is a place where you can kind of escape. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when I would be in like one of my depressive states, I would go to Instagram and just scroll. Sometimes it wouldn't help. Uh, A lot of times it wouldn't help, but sometimes (laughs) it would help. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just being 100% honest. (laughs) It really just depends because it's everything's posted on there and then you just take it for a grain of salt. Like, you know, glad that's happening for them, but we're still in a pandemic. Like, yeah, hurts seeing so many. Anywho, anywho. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's literally exactly it. It just sometimes you're just like, man, fuck you guys. (laughs) Like, fuck everybody. (laughs) Yeah, like, fuck 
So, yeah, so it's definitely been a thing that has come up a lot in this past year. And I'm not sure if you know this, but they do have a National Depression Screening Day. Oh, when? Uh-huh. October 8th. October 8th. And guess when it started, Miss Tapia? Uh, wild, wild guess. Are uh, you wild uh, guessing? No, just, just <laughs> spill the beans. Uh, I'm going to spill the beans. So it started in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nice. I was one. So this shit has been started since I was born to help people with depression. Well, not since I was born, a year after I was born. Anyways, to help people with depression, at least, or people who can go get screenings for depression. So what this does, what it, what that National Depression Day does is it kind of kicks off a mental illness awareness week. Congress is the one who started this in 1991. And they partner with local businesses, organizations, Uh, nursing homes, colleges, hospitals, like a whole bunch of different people and establishments where they throw local events nationwide. They throw local events and they offer free depression screening. Mm -hmm. And you can go there and it can, if you, if you can't go there, you can do it online. It's offered online and you can get a depression screening online 24 seven. There's different organizations and whatever that you can just go on their website and we'll put them in our description where you can get online depression screenings at any time. But this is where you can go to an event, get information, have awareness raised. Or if you just, if you know somebody that's going through it and you have no idea how to help him, it's a perfect place to start. Oh yeah. That's also a really good key. It's yeah. nice people are like, look, I honestly had no idea how to help you, but understand mm-hmm. that I want to help you. They're always the cutest. Yeah. And it's, it's so, I love, I love seeing people like that. I love seeing people who don't understand it, but they still want to be a part of helping eradicate it, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and at least help make it better. And I guess gain further understanding into it if they don't understand it. So I love that. they And they do have, and again, we'll link them below, but there are different places where it gives you kind of a rundown of better understanding somebody that has depression or just a mental um, illness in general. And it's really, it's, it's really nice. It's really nice that they, they think of the people who aren't suffering from it, who may have family members suffering from it. Um, because you know, I know I knew somebody who had panic attacks, and I had no idea how to help. And going online definitely helped um, figure that out. Because I have anxiety attacks; they're completely they're different, but similar but different. But we, I I don't wish that on anyone. But when it happens, it's always like, dude, my heart's gonna give out right this second because it's beating mm-hmm. so badly. But then it passes, and you're like, "Well, what, what was that?" You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those are anxiety attacks. I've had probably one panic attack. Um, I used to get them. Well, I guess I should. I don't suffer from it because there are people who could just be sitting there laughing, and they'll have a panic attack. Um, <laughs> but you know, like seriously, you know. But yes, I know. <laughs> I, it would always hit me like it's one of the thing, reasons why I hate school so much because I'm a horrible test taker and I would always have a panic attack before a test like never failed I'd always have a panic attack whether it was small or big I'd always have a panic attack and I'd always have to like maintain it in my seat and like try to like not freak out which is like really hard to do mm-hmm. but yeah so you can go whenever this is going on during that week which is really weird because May has been deemed mental health month, but like the screen, the depression screening is on October 8th, is in October. So, you know, cool. but May is such a great month, though. So, May is a great month, which maybe <laughs> that's why they decided to make it in May. I don't know. I don't know. I know when Saga's album dropped and it was like around mental health, there was like some notes in there that correlated, and I was like, wow. This is a good sink. <laughs> Look at Gaga. She did it. Look but at her. There's also something else that I found came up a lot because, like I said, over 25 page results. Did I say that right? Page results? I don't care. Over 25 results came up. And I had to shuffle through a lot 
that was specific to men's health like Mm. that kept coming up and I mean when I say it was like okay this entire page of results is just men's health so that was another thing that I came was that was a lot of men's health coming up yeah that's awesome I'm really glad that that happened like um I don't know how guys find the way to break their wall right but I know I've have I've had a group of guy friends that I've known since middle school and like those are the homies those are the boys mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade that for anything yeah and, and I talk about stuff like you know especially stuff like that man I I'm finally getting a glimpse and I'm like dude I'm so sorry <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and it's um it's one thing one thing mental health but I feel like men in mental health it's such a weird relationship for some yeah for a lot and I can only speak of like the black community and the Nigerian community because like in Nigeria like I want to say it was on it was up until I was dealing with my stuff that my parents realized that it's a thing and I I was in my 20s because like in Nigeria mental health that's not a thing like Mm -hmm. you don't you're depressed like why you have food you have a home like you know all this stuff and <laughs> no like seriously that's just how nigerians are like no yeah i i completely know what you're describing yes yeah and it's really and you know it's not just nigerians i feel like it's more you tell me if it's more like acceptable in hispanic cultures no and but okay. i think it has a little bit more to do with religion because catholicism is very heavy and so it's like you obviously don't pray enough and that's why you're mm-hmm. feeling that and and uh, it's a horrible connection but i'm in the same boat because because of all of that it was hard for my parents to understand that that was happening to me growing up and yeah. so that's why I went through so many of those programs and what are they uh, retreats and it was mm-hmm. it was anyways that's a different podcast but yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I mean it kind of correlates because I went through those same retreats those little church retreats that we all go through and honestly I will say there was one specifically that made me realize what my therapy was and I feel like I'm I feel like I'm more at peace when I'm out in nature. And I mean true nature, like in the middle of the country, no buildings around me, no lights, and I can just sit under a blanket of stars in complete pitch darkness and just be. Or, you know, daytime, whatever time, just no distractions. I found that's where I found myself more most peaceful. But that is a definitely a different different uh podcast for sure but yeah it's it's really yeah it was it was kind of the same with me and and I feel like I got a bit of a break because my mom is a nurse so Mm -hmm. she sees a lot of people with mental disorders but she always associated that with drug use oh it was never just a standalone thing it was always like oh you're this way because of the drugs it was never just you're this way because there's something in your, you know, there's something maybe chemically imbalanced with you or you went through something you haven't been over, mm-hmm. you haven't gone over, you haven't, uh, I don't even want to say gotten over. You've been through something that you haven't dealt with. That you're never going to get the answer that you want from. Like you have to give yourself your own answer and that's never easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it never is. And so it wasn't until I went through what I went through that she was like, okay, this is way deeper than just somebody using, like, you know, shooting up meth or heroin or whatever. Oh, yeah. Drugs, man. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy well, you know, my mom's a nurse, so she would, she's a home health nurse, so she would um, go to like trap houses. Like her patients would be in like trap houses. So she would have to walk through trap houses to like see her people and like treat them. So let me tell you there was nothing going past my mom okay <laughs> she could tell if you were high or something look she could tell because she had to deal with that all the time with her job but anyways so yeah it wasn't until I was dealing with it that she realized okay mental health is an actual thing it is in regards to your overall health and I think that's one thing that people don't understand is just that you can't just throw medicine at it to make it better 
Mm-hmm. You, you do mm-hmm. like calling it mental illness kind of makes me iffy. Um, that's why I like I, I would prefer to say mental health than mental illness, just because when you say illness, you think, okay, just give them some medicine and they're good. Mm-hmm. Right. But with mental health, you need psychotherapy. You know, it's it's your brain that's needing to to really get the help. And that's one thing also the verbiage that has been a back and forth with a lot of people is that there are some people out there who are just like, oh, give them some antidepressants and they'll be fine. That doesn't work for everyone. And like, I know that there's also people who start taking them and then like they're, they feel stuck in a routine and they're like, well, I don't know, is this, is this really working or is it because I'm stuck in this routine? Right. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. And, and it's crazy because they say, okay, yeah, you can have antidepressants, but it has to be coupled with therapy. You can't just be on antidepressants. It has to be coupled with therapy because you have to heal mm-hmm. your brain pretty much. And for me, I feel like depression, at least with mine, I don't want to speak for everybody that is going through depression because it is a person by person, case by case thing. It is, yeah. It really is. But for me and what I found in other people that I've talked to that also suffer from depression, major or minor, it's always something in their childhood that they went through that they may not even be aware of that they went through and that they've just been carrying it with them for years. That's how it was for me. I know a lot of people, it's just weight of the world type of situation where they just feel everything, which I feel, yeah, I get it. I'm an empath, so I completely under, if you believe in all that stuff, but I'm an empath, so I completely understand, you know, feeling the weight of the world can definitely get you down. Yeah, it really can. Mm -hmm. It feels heavy. Yeah, especially if maybe you're the breadwinner of the family. I knew I had a friend and she never suffered with depression, but. I had a friend who, like, she was taking care of her mom since she was, like, nine, like, driving her to her doctor's appointments, driving her to work. She had a hardship license, which is pretty much a license that you can get for somebody under the age of 15 when they have a disabled parent or guardian. And they're the only person that can actually help them. So she had that. She's had that since she was, like, nine. And so she's been the person, you know helping her mother through things. And I know for her, it was just like an everyday thing. She didn't suffer with depression. But I know for other people, that's a lot. It's a lot, especially if you have other factors going on. Who knows what people are going through, right? So, And then um, there's people who don't show it in formats that are regular symptoms or symptoms that have been shown through some form of media. Mm-hmm. And it's even harder for those people, I feel, sometimes because – they start, you know, expressing, I'm I'm in that boat too. I'm in the boat of depression. And then people are like, but you don't you don't look like it. You you're this and you're that. Mm-hmm. And those aren't things that people who are depressed do. And that's such a that's such a barrier to get past. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams, perfect example. Oh. I mean, yeah. broke my heart, but I completely understood it. Like I understood it because that's exactly how I am I never want to burden my problems with anybody else I because of my major depression it makes me happy to see other people happy I yeah you you just love love yeah like I just love seeing because it. It, I love making good people exactly like I love I just love making people smile I love making people feel good and like I went through a counselor and everything and all that stuff. And I realized through that, that I, I like making people feel good because I don't feel good. And I don't want people to feel what I feel. So <laughs> I go out of my way to make them feel good. Right. I mean, and I, I, since Robin Williams has passed away, I call that the Robin Williams effect. I've dubbed oh. it that way. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if it's disrespectful. I don't think it's disrespectful. I love Robin Williams. I cry. I literally I'm trying not to cry right now thinking of it, him. It was hard. I remember I was it's, at work yeah. and, and it didn't feel real. And yeah. it felt like just like, it felt like TMZ got it wrong, you know? Yeah. And it's still so hard. And I mean, he was such, everybody loved him and it was just such a hard thing. So another Hollywood actor that a lot of people, I feel like, I don't know if you remember him or not, but a lot of people were so shocked that was Lee Thompson Young. He was Disney Channel's The Famous Jet Jackson. 
star? What? Yeah, I, I remember him. He was a great actor. Mm-hmm. I think it was back in... Oh, yeah, uh, I do remember him. Mm-hmm. 2013. He was in Rizzoli and Isles as well. And that's when... That's around the time that he passed away. It was while he was on that show. Passed away, he did. He ended up killing himself. And it was crazy because they said that there was like a um, suicide note, I believe. And I I didn't really research this. I'm just going off a memory of when it happened. And then whenever I do go back and forth. Because he's another actor that I loved. And he's a young black actor. He was like 29 when when he passed. And broke my heart. I mean, he was a part of the 90s like Disney well not 90s like early 2000 Disney Channel shows like you know so it's just so sad to know that he was dealing with depression and then his job fed into it 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 fed into it and I think there was a quote and if I can find it we'll put it in the description because I'm just paraphrasing off of what he said in regards to like his suicide note saying where he didn't feel like he was be- he was like accepted or fulfilled in his job as a black man and like a whole oh. bunch of other stuff yeah and i mean that was his life's work and he just didn't feel like it was worth it and he didn't want he kind of said he wanted i believe he said he wanted his death to be something that other young black kids looked at so that they could like do better or not not put so much weight on the job because he for him I believe and again paraphrasing off of what was read for him it was a uh, so he like kind of based his worth off of how many jobs he was booking and he he couldn't get out of that and he couldn't get out of that mentality he couldn't get out of that um, mentality to where it wasn't damning to his mental health and he says in his suicide note, like, if I can find a link to his suicide note, I'll include it because it was actually really, really sad. But, I mean, it's a suicide note, but, like, still. <laughs> but, yeah, he pretty much was like, I want kids who are coming up to learn from me and learn from my death. You shouldn't base your worth off of this. You, sh- you need to find your happiness somewhere else. And that kind of, I mean, that broke it broke my heart he was another actor that I definitely cried over and like I don't cry over celebrities dying too often there's um, probably about one or two handfuls of people that I actually truthfully not even two there's probably like one handful and I I don't want to like sound like a bitch or whatever but like (laughs) I don't know these people you know like I don't know them but there are some people who just make such an impact on your life and to find out that they passed away especially through suicide there's just something so it's just such it's just for some reason it's way more heartbreaking uh because it's like these people were loved by millions i felt the way with anthony bourdain passed oh, and... that shook me i'm not gonna lie that shook me to the core like i was so i remember being so confused and i was like wait but I watch him, like, I'll sit down and eat with him and, like, pretend I'm eating what he's eating. Oh. And, like, enjoy, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I know, like, it was oh, so heartbreaking. But... And then, I think with the other gentleman... Lee Thompson Young? But yeah. I, for him to say, like, you know, to to express something to the extent of I've gotten this far and it still doesn't feel like it fits enough. Enough to mm-hmm. the point to where... He, he kind of cut the bar for himself and said, "There's there wasn't going to be anything better." And for me, yeah. it's sad because, as we've learned over the years from from when his passing has happened, is that mm-hmm. you know it, everything is still very much hard for anyone of color to rise up yeah. in their in their position, whatever the position may be. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. And honestly, it really, it really is because for a long time, and I mean, I was just like watching YouTube videos about it, like um, how like in the 90s, it was really hard for people of color to like get jobs that weren't like certain type, like type roles, typecast roles. Yeah. Um, and how, like, especially at least I'll talk specifically for this because it's what I was really like, um, black women 
like they grew up competing with each other and being pitted against each other to where they were having personal feuds where like the media seeped into their personal lives and they would have personal feuds with each other for like years. Like Gabrielle Union and Jada Pinkett Smith just now reconciled their unknown feud. They had no idea why they fell out for 17 years. And they realized it was because the people around them would always pit them against each other when it came to jobs. And they'd be like, oh, well, they'd tell Ga- Gabrielle, oh, well, you know Jada's thinking this, and then vice versa. So, I mean, think about that going on, trying to make a living, trying to support your family, and then if you're also dealing with mental health. Whew. That's a lot. Like, it's a lot. And then you're, and that's not even talking about the media actually being the media and reporting things on you, interrupting your life, you know, just getting into your personal life. Like, man, there's so much that I bet nobody would ever even dream of thinking that happens when it comes to actors in Hollywood and mental health. Yeah. Um, And you don't know, like, if behind the scenes, like, People are around the clock with this person because if this person's by themselves, it's the whole shebang falls. Mm-hmm. And then the the thing is, they get it gets to a point where like if you aren't working, people around you aren't getting paid. And if those people around yeah. you aren't getting paid, then they have to go somewhere else. And and that mm-hmm. that weighs on you because. It's like you're raising a family, but it's not really family because at the end of the day, they can still tell you, you know, your flaws, but your Mm -hmm. flaws to the extent to where if I don't want to be with you anymore, I don't have to. We weren't born in the same family. And, you know, I know there are people who have excluded people from their family because it's just better for them. And eight. Each their own, right? But I, right. I know in my current situation, I'm keeping the family that I still talk to because we're all, we're all good still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really important to keep people. And I think, and I know there are definitely people out there who have family that ain't worth shit and shouldn't be given any kind of time of day because there yeah. are definitely family members that I have that ain't shit and shouldn't be given any kind of time of day. But I do believe in... Having a family, whether it's one that you're born into or one that you create, and making sure that it's people that you trust with your entire life, with your kids' life, if you have kids, even if you don't have kids, if you see yourself having kids, you trusting them with their life, and just solid ass people who have been through that, who has been with you through not just the hard times but the good times, because there's some fucked up people out there who are only with you during the hard times because they like to see you struggle. Ugh. Too painful to hear, but yeah, Yeah. keep going. Yeah, (laughs) and I mean, it's the truth, and again, that plays into that plays into your mental health. They're fucking with your mental, right? They're with your livelihood, with your well being. If they're not really there to make sure that you're okay, so it's super important to make sure that you have some kind of family around you, whether it's one that you create or one that you're born into that you trust with everything, and. I just want to say it is completely okay to not have a shit ton of friends. I am one of those. I literally only have, what, three or four really, really good friends. Tapia's in there. Because <laughs> me and Tapia, we've known each other for, like, what, 10 years? 10, 11 years? Something like that. Damn. Fuck. Well, that's what I was say. Like, so this started in 2010. That's around the time that we were going through college. Um, yeah. It, I, I've... All I've seen is people get angrier. People get angrier to the point where they're like telling you this is what's happening. And if you don't listen up, someone's going to start throwing something because no one's listening. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that's what happens. Like, look at the riots that's going on. That's exactly why the riots are happening. That's exactly why marching was a thing because they just weren't being heard and they were sick of repeating themselves and having nobody listen. So now... They go to the extreme so that their voices can be heard, right? And this whole mental health awareness, yes, October 8th started in 1991 as the National Depression Screening Day. But this has been a movement that has been going on way even before that. So since 1949, Mental Health America 
they have been the main pioneer in spreading the word with mental health. So they help educate people through social media, through news outlets, through events, and they also give free screenings. And with those screenings, they can't, you know, because referrals are really only doctors, so they can't really refer you to places, but they can give you a list of doctors that may be able to help you, whether you have insurance or not, which is another thing I'm going to touch on in a bit. Yeah, so that is, so it's 1949 has been where I could find as, as far back as I could find to where people started taking mental health into consideration. And I can't even imagine back then how not talked about it was and how brushed under the rug and it was. Well, a lot has changed since then, right? For sure. Especially for females. Like, I, I can have my own bank account, have my own house, mm-hmm. my own car, and I don't have to have anyone sign on there for me, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like because there's so many more opportunities it's harder for people to understand that you grew up being told that you know this is what what's been handed down to us from generations yeah your life should follow this pathway and then as we were growing up there was a whole shift woke up one day and boom all those protests and petitions actually went through and changes were made laws were changed and i was given more opportunities Mm -hmm. And then other people who had already had the opportunities started to notice that and said, well, well, wait a minute. What's happening here? You're taking away our opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then it just became, you're taking my opportunities versus you've already had all these opportunities. Why mm-hmm. can't more people have them kind of debates? And yeah. it it's frustrating because it's happened for so long that at this point, when people get the bare minimum, they can't just accept it anymore and say, well, you know what? Tomorrow is going to be better because I'm going to get just a little bit more. Like, we don't know about tomorrow anymore. It's, yeah. it's crazy times. So yeah. if, if I'm not getting it now, then I'm not going to get it. And that's yeah. the fight. Yeah. And it's definitely, I mean, um, there's this youtube channel i can't think of what they're called right now but i kind of got into them because it's like a this side versus this side and they kind of sit people down who support both sides and have them talk and see if they can come to an understanding which nowadays was super interesting to i mean they've been doing this for years but like like they've just been getting a lot of traction now because of all the protests going on Black Lives Matter, like they had one where it was Black Lives Matters um, affiliates versus all people, you know, all, all lives matters. Yeah. And they had those two sit down and like talk about why all lives matters was so deafening to Black Lives Matters, like negatively affecting Black Lives Matters and how it came across as like Black Lives Matters don't matter type of deal. Uh yeah, so they had one. It was kind of in regards to what you're saying. They had um, feminists versus non-feminists sit down, and how the non-fem like there was one guy in particular who wanted to go back to like the 30s, oh, where my women God. Had, literally, and he was like a young guy. He's like 20 something, and it's crazy because it all boiled down to his mom. Which honestly, a lot of things boil down to your parents. Yeah, um, a lot of it boils down to your parents. It all boils down to his mom and how she you know he's he was the environment he grew up in but he pretty much was like yeah I want women to be able to ask permission to do this this and this I don't think women should vote like he was like going all the way back to like when women basically had no rights oh so he wanted women to be property literally literally and I mean like literally like literally (laughs) and it's crazy because his reasoning was because he was like oh, women are ruining things for men. And it was like he couldn't really support that statement. Like, he would rattle off long long terms, like long names and give definition of things. But at the end of it, he really couldn't support why. And it wasn't until one of the feminists who, I want to say feminist loosely because I kind of consider myself a feminist, but I consider it with the true definition of feminism, not how it is now, where it's just like, oh, men are bad. 
I just want everybody to have the same equal rights. Men should be treated as women are treated. Women should be treated as men are treated. I don't think men should have any of their rights cut at all. Versus, and as well as women. I don't think any woman should have any of her rights cut as well. I'm all for equal. I want equal opportunities for everybody across the board, regardless of sex, race, hair color, whatever. Like, regardless of religion, anything. I think it should be equal across the board. And it was interesting because, and I, we're kind of going off topic here, so I don't know how m- much more, but I'm just going to say it was interesting because a lot of the non-feminists were like, um, like they were like, oh, you just want to see men fall, like type of deal, which makes sense because the definition of feminism now is completely different from the actual definition, but that's a whole other. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so going back to it, so I don't know if I mentioned it before, but Antonio Gutierrez, who's the Secretary General of the UN, the United Nations, since 2017, he has actually stated that mental health services are an essential part of all government responses in regards to COVID. So he was saying that all governments should come together and stand with those suffering with mental health issues during this pandemic. And I thought that was such a bold thing to say just because it has been such a choppy subject to talk about, especially on a governmental standpoint, Mm -hmm. like in regards to how the government can step in and actually help. So I found that really, really pioneering in a way for him to boldly out there stand up and say the government needs to step in and help those suffering with mental uh, mental health during the pandemic especially because like we said before all those services that they were getting you know people that were seeing psychiatrists whatever they stopped and then no extra help was given nothing was done further to help those people so I just thought it was really, really important because right now major depression is affecting about 6.7% or about 7% of American adults every year. So that's about, that's more than 16 million adults a year. And it affects those, like I said earlier, with ADHD even more. So D, that one's hard because sometimes people don't realize that what they're exhibiting is actual ADHD symptoms. They they think it's something else. Just like they think it's just straight up depression. But it could be that you actually have a depression because you have undiagnosed ADHD. Right. Yeah. And speaking of undiagnosed, 66% of people who are actually, who you know, have found that they have depression, they go untreated. Ugh. They do not receive treatment. And a lot of it is tied to the stigma of if you have mental health issues that means you're considered as weak or less than but on the flip side those who went out and did see treatment 80 percent saw improvement within four to six weeks and i will say my side and and it'll tie into the insurance thing earlier on why people don't get treatment so for me personally when i was seeing my counselor and she told me hey I don't think I have the fundamental building blocks to actually help you in the area that you need to be helped in. I think that you need to see a psychiatrist. I was like, okay, cool. Let me go ahead and do that. Cause she was like, I think you need to be on antidepressants and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think you may have other things going on mentally that you're not aware of that's playing into it. I have to this day, I have not received treatment. It's going to hopefully change in 2021, (laughs) but I did not receive treatment because when I started looking into it, I saw how fucking expensive it was. And my insurance at the time with the company I was working with did not cover it. It covered it covered counseling sessions, but it did not cover psychiatric care. And that was like over $1,000. It's rough. Cause- yeah. And I can't afford that. Like, I can't afford that. And I had a job that paid me well, paid me over $2,000 a month. And I still couldn't afford it. So I picture people who maybe don't have a job or who may be on leaves of some sort or just who aren't making as much and they're dealing with mental health issues, how it is for them. Like to them, it's not even an option 
point like like if somebody even mentioned it it's like ha that's hilarious you know like for me I was at least able to go and maybe sort of have it as an option and now because I have a new I have a, a new job with a better insurance that actually has psychiatric care as a form you know that my insurance will cover so hopefully this year you know I can get on that board but like for the longest time you know I just didn't get it because it was too expensive and my insurance didn't cover it it the way that the insurance works here, I, I hate it just because you can pay for something monthly and you can pay for something in your taxes and you can still say, but even though I have this, I don't have the money to actually see the doctor and pay for the treatment. Like I'm, right. I'm paying monthly for a service that I can't use. But I yeah. but I should have it because you never know when an emergency happens and it it's terrible because then you don't rely on the health system and then th- that's where yeah. we're, we're at right now we don't rely on science yeah. and we don't rely on the health system because we're not able to use it the way we should yeah yeah exactly and I mean I don't I don't understand why there hasn't been any kind of like free programs going on like. Like, obviously, at least for the state of Texas, there are programs that you can go on to, whether it be food stamps or what's the other one? Starts with a W. WIC? That's the food stamps. Oh, um, uh, uh, the women's health? That one, too. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so the women's health. And then there's another one I can't think of. It might come to me later. But, like, you know, they have all these state benefits. And it's by state which I think it should be a federal thing. I don't think it should be one state should have this and another state would only have this. I think it should be a federal blanket for certain services. Uh, welfare. Welfare. <laughs> that was Sorry. the other one, welfare. <laughs> I think it should be a blanket of services that the state should offer for free, that all states should offer for free regardless when you're in certain situations or whatever. Uh, I don't think you should put that in the hands of the state because I some states don't even offer like food stamp types type benefits you know mm-hmm. and it's like all of that plays into mental health <laughs> like it all correlates it all affects your everyday life which affects your mental health so I definitely think that people need to do better our government although they are taking strides and they have had this initiative since 1991 and all that stuff 1949 you know I do think that more steps need to be ha- taken now, there is one thing that I kind of heard about, but I didn't really think about until I was researching, which is Heads Together, Heads Together, H-E-A-D-S, Together. And it was created by the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince Henry, and it's a mental health initiative. And it launched in 2016, and about, so it launched in 2015, and it's just bringing up, I'm sorry, it launched in 2016, and it's just brings up awareness of mental health and mainly for the UN, but you can definitely go online and go to the website and look further into it. Uh, and I went online and, and it really is just, they, it just specifies bringing awareness. Um, and they do have services that are provided as well, but it's mainly just bringing awareness to the issue. Mm-hmm. And I know that in 2019, the Department of Defense had a Twitter post in regards to the neck up campaign. So it's again, another campaign to bring awareness where they have it across different States where they'll take up that campaign and have like a week of mental health awareness and they'll have events going on and stuff like that. So things are being done to bring awareness, which is wonderful. Everybody needs to be aware that this is going on. But I'm trying to figure out what's happening after the awareness, right? Because you can bring awareness all you want, but, like, what's actually being done? Yeah, because the insurance or the cost of getting treatment, period, with or without insurance, can still be pricey. And then you have to be able to afford also getting off of work to get those services. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like you said, the, the condition in which people live really does affect them because look at flint look at the people who have to live with water like that or even people in the Mm -hmm. native american reservations who don't have water Mm -hmm. 
Um, they could be people who are affected, people who are affected with natural disasters. Mm-hmm. I know with the Katrina. Yeah. When ha- that happened. They could be born into a loving family that could literally follow the right steps and then a natural disaster mm-hmm. happened and their whole life has yeah. changed and all that optimism that they had gets taken away because of this. And yes, they'll get through it and be stronger, right? But it's it's so frustrating to have to tell someone like, well, you're going to be stronger because you're going to get through this. Like, why can't yeah, we or just better? smile? Why, why can't they talk a better about, look, this is what's going to happen for you to get through this. And I, once you do, you're not going to find necessarily the answer that you wanted but you're gonna now know whatever the answer was i just think that if people took the time to talk about negative situations they wouldn't have the anxiety about what if this happens or what if that happens or or what if something changes after we have that conversation like understand things are going to change and if you can accept that change then have the conversation because you just need to get through it yeah yeah exactly just be pretty much just be 100 percent real and upfront about what to expect yeah. no sugar coating let people know straight up what's gonna happen and then just give them the tools and the steps that they need to take in order to to you know start seeking help and and on top of that just going to these like appointments is one thing but if you're given medicine that's another cost if you're given multiple medicines that's another cost if they refer you out to a different type of specialist that's another cost like i don't think things are actually being taken into consideration when it comes to the treatment of mental health and how you know how expensive that can get because like i read something about miley cyrus like i'm just gonna use this because you know the fires that happened in california affected a lot of people celebrities included and it got me thinking on what she said and how other people who weren't in her position what they may have been going through so she had stated that you know when the fires happened she lost everything she lost you know all her baby pictures or most of her baby pictures and you know songs that she had written and all that stuff and you know I write songs too so I completely understand how heartbreaking that is but yeah she was like you know expressing how she lost everything everything but she's Miley Cyrus although it is heartbreaking she had money to rebuild right she had money to rebuild and if she was going through any kind of mental health she has the funds to get more support when that time happened you know if more support was needed during that not during that disaster with the fires and it just made me think of pretty much the entire town I can't think of the name right now but literally almost an entire town in California was burned down and that was when the the Hollywood fires were going on as well and it was kind of overshadowing those fires because that fire man I wish I'm gonna put it I, I don't know but I don't know if we'll put it in the description but I can't think of the town right now but anyways it just made me think of all those people who are not in the position where they have a ton of money and they lost everything. What they're... I just wanted to say when it comes to these moments where you know you read something and like you forgot and all this and that. I, it, it's been shown that because of these defense mechanisms of forgetting hard times, you forget other parts and it's kind of like in it felt like that movie with Adam Sandler, I think it's clicked, and where he has that remote oh. and he goes too far and like he forgets too I much. I cried at the end of that movie, I'm not even gonna lie. I cried at the I, end that yeah, he forgot too much and yeah. That's what dealing with mental health is and it literally it, I mean people need to be able to forgive themselves for forgetting things like that, but understand that they w- should work on it if they want to stop feeling bad about forgetting all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in regards to like forgetting things, for me, like as I'm getting older, I don't know if this has been happening to you, but as I'm getting older, I'm remembering things from my childhood that I probably mentally suppress. Oh, yeah. And it's just now coming out because I guess 
my mind's like, okay, I can't, I can't suppress this anymore. Like, you're just gonna have to deal with it. So, like, that's been happening a lot lately. And I feel like that's why I don't want to speak on a lot of people. But, like, when I kind of did my research into it, they said that that's a common thing where you start remembering things from your childhood as you get older. And I feel like that also definitely plays into, you know, people in their older age having these mental problems because they're just remembering shit that they went through when they were kids that they didn't even realize they went through. And it's just like a whole, and it's just like they're, you're having to live through the trauma again without even knowing you went through the trauma in the first place. I hope it's because your body recognizes that you're old enough to accept what happened mentally, but that's just wishful thinking because it could also be that everything's going great and then bam, you have one little thing that reminds you of a memory of a thing that you were suppressing and now that that the hidden lock has been opened. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think it's that. I think it's just your brain not able to suppress it anymore. I think it can be definitely a chemical thing where you definitely see something and it just hits you uh, or you're just laying there. Because like for me, it would be I would just like be watching TV and then all of a sudden, it completely unrelated, I would just have a memory hit me. And I'm just like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. And then I would call my parents. And they'd be like, oh, wow, we, we would hope that you'd forget that. Or <laughs> we didn't think you'd remember that. Yeah. like, And I'd be like, well, I am remembering. I've, <laughs> I'm one of those people that have random shit happen to me. Like, I've been kidnapped more than, I've been almost kidnapped more than, like, five times in my life. What? And there's one, yeah, like, I've, like, like in different stages. Like, it hasn't happened in, I want to say, five years. It was the last time I was like, yo, (laughs) no. But it started as early as when I was one, and I vaguely remember it. And my mom told me what happened. But I was almost kidnapped in Walmart. (laughs) Oh. And my mom caught the lady picking me up and about to take off with me. And she, like, started screaming and yelling. And it was back in the 90s. So, like, back then, black people were kind of looked at crazy. Mm-hmm. So she didn't she didn't call for help. She didn't call the police. She just took me and my sister. And she walked out of the store, left her cart and everything. I would have, too. But, yeah. <laughs> no one was getting yeah. back then. So, I mean, stuff like that definitely coming back and, and haunting you can be damning to your mental health and we're going to be linking a whole bunch of organizations that we found that is you know pioneering for mental health to be more prevalent in everyday life and where they can give you resources you could have we're gonna put a place where you could have an online depression screening and all that stuff so all that good stuff so Definitely a heavy movement Monday, and we definitely covered a lot, but at the same time, I feel like we didn't cover enough. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's Mm because then we have to go through the walls that we've built up, and then other people as well, if, you know, when they're listening, it might remind them of something, so I guess we should just say that if, if anyone has more questions or wants to share something that they feel would help someone else, still do it. But thanks for listening this far because it's not easy and yeah. we we can talk more about it, but it's because it's not an easy topic. Yeah, it's not an easy topic. And I feel like we really wanted to put in our struggle so that if anybody's listening and they may have, I don't want to use the word triggered because I actually hate that word. Yeah. But if somebody's listening and it brought up some it brought up some unwanted memories or issues like that you've kind of suppressed you know we hope that you get help because we're in the same boat we're all in this together literally high school musical a but like <laughs> we're literally we're literally on this together and we're all we're just wanting to help you help yourself help other people you know yeah keep that keep that positivity cycle going but Tapia, thank you so, so, so fucking much for talking with me on this Movement Monday and such an important topic. And I'm so glad that we were able to go back and forth with it. Uh, yes, thank you. I'm glad, too, because the the thing I hate the most about mental health is when I'm talking to someone and they don't understand where where I could find sadness. But psh, it's everywhere. So yeah. we'll get through it. And... I I can be very cringy about it, so yeah, we'll get through it together. Yeah, 
Yep. And I want to end this by saying, I don't know if anybody watches Euphoria, but they just put on any episode, part one, Rue. Anyways, she said something in there that I completely 100% felt. And she said, summarized, of course, that her depression is because she looks at the world and she sees how awful it is, how terrible people are. And it just makes her so sad that she is a part of that world and she doesn't want to be a part of a world full of hate. Oh, so yeah, I felt that a hundred. Yeah. So, so many of my onion layers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's a nice little blanket thing to leave this movement Monday on, but thank you again so much to all of our subscribers. All of our information will be in the link. We will, or in our description, if you want to send us your stories, we'll leave our social medias as well as our email address. I feel like people should be able to email us if they want to. Yeah, you definitely can. We'll be able to yeah. pick it up. No problem. Yeah, for sure. Hello. If you want more of a personal back and forth, whatever. So yeah, so we'll be doing that and uh, check out next week. We will be having our what a case Wednesdays as well as our Feel Good Friday for next week. Check out our last week episodes of What A Case Wednesday and Feel Good Friday. And have a wonderful, wonderful Monday and the rest of your week. Bye. Bye. You can make it through another week. Yes. (laughs) All right. See you.